We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. to the Arnold House. I'm here with Jody Wasserman and Badar Tareen. Oh my god, I got it. I was so scared. I'm going to virtually profile myself and him at the same time. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So we're, we're uh, yeah, so you're going to go to exit 63. So we're driving. So you're going to have live action here. I feel like we're in an Uber. Whoa. That's racist. Is it? Okay, stay here. Stay in this lane and let this tr- this this Whoa. truck is going to merge. So let him go. Yeah, let him stay, go. Stay here. Don't. You're not exiting here. You're not exiting here. Oh, next one. Big one. We're doing a live tra- <laughs> traffic podcast <laughs> and comedy. And uh, so I'm here with Jody Wasserman, and it, there's no snow right now, but you can tell. With, with I love this. This is so. There's cute. not going to be snow. Yeah, straight, straight. So it's not. Yeah. It's, you know what's going to happen? It's going to start snowing like tomorrow. Right. Right. And all this. What do you think is going to happen? Oh no! They're, they're canceling flights. Are they canceling flights? There's no snow yet. I know. Well, I guess it's just marketing. It's like uh, CNN uh, ratings, yeah, the Weather Channel. Yeah. Well, so Jody Wasserman, amazing comedian, Thank headliner, you. who will be headlining tonight at the Arnold House. So Jody, how is your day going? Good. No Vicky, no Vicky, always the victim. Is it Vicky? What's the hashtag? Vicky. Vicky always a victim. So Vicky always. Vicky vic- is um. Uh, she's she's you know she's good today. She's good today. Okay. Yeah. Would you have? You're great on your Instagram feed. There's some really fun characterizations of Vicky. Yeah, Vicky is. She's always a victim. Right. right. She's a victim. No matter what, she's always a victim. But we know these New Yorkers that are like, and then I had to wait. Yes. Ten She's one of those. To get my nails done. She's one of those. My life is hard. Yep. (laughs) She's absolutely one of them. Now, you have been on Comic View, Last Comic Standing, Comedy Central. Not really Last Comic Standing. No? No. Was it like a moment? It was like a moment, but it wasn't anything to write home about, which I'm glad. Oh, okay. But like Comedy Central? Yeah. Comic View? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. A long time ago. That's okay. How but did that... you how did you decide like what was the moment you had, you will exit here? And then stay to the far right. So people can know how to commute as well via podcast to our menu. It's a very useful podcast. Right. It's very practical. How did, what was the moment, Jody? When was your moment? Or when did you first start? Like, like what was your epiphany? I was acting, uh-huh. and then I was in a, the acting teacher was like, "You should try comedy." Left. So I, I took a class. Wow. And then a workshop. Uh huh. That was it. And then you just got up and you're like, "Were you killing it?" Did yeah. You have a scary moment. Of course, I was had major stage fright. I would do well. <laughs> But I would also bomb a lot. It's always bombing. Um, people threw things at me sometimes. Well, was, some people threw stuff at you. What, where was that? Well, there was a, a, a thing where... Just were you around when they used to have the auditions at the comic strip? Oh, my God. So they used to have these auditions at the comic strip. And there was a woman named Starla who used to... Was the head of the auditions. She wasn't very nice. Wow. She was very mean to comics. 
And I was doing comedy for like six months. Give him a little toot. Give him a honk because he's in the wrong spot. He figured it out. And um, uh, and stay then on, stay on the right because we have the thing on the front. Stay so Starla. So you I don't was, remember that? Well, I I think I had uh, what's his name? The older guy. The guy talks like that. Who's that guy? Not Lucian. No, no. Richie? Ricky? Richie. Yeah. Richie? No, that's way past. See, there, there was the head of the the booker was his name was Lucian and Starla was his assistant. They weren't very nice to me. And I was doing comedy for like six months. And then Jim Brewer came in. Really? And he went up on stage and he was destroying. Wow. He was killing. You know who Jim Brewer is? Yes. And he was killing. Like, I'm talking ripping the room apart. And she puts me up right after him. <sighs> oh, boy. And you're six months in. Six months in. No, like, I had a Barbie joke, put it that way. And she puts me up right after him. It was the worst bomb. And I, the thing is, is that I was, like, very, like, I, you know, even though I would bomb, I'd yell at the audience. <laughs> I would curse people out. Like, these people were heckling me. And I started cursing them out. And then there was a fight between two tables because I, I don't know what happened. And they started fighting. And then people were throwing things. And then wait, they were throwing things at you, or yeah, each other? they're throwing things at me, at what? each other, chicken oh, bones. Who knows? <laughs> I don't even remember. This was a long time ago, and um, I remember I got off stage and she just reamed me out. But I never stopped. Oh my god! But you kept going. Obviously, you didn't get you didn't get past at that moment. No, no, I never got past there. Oh god! Because she, she he said, "Oh, we already have Lisa Lampanelli." Oh, oh, so that's your quota for women? Well, no, I guess he thought I... First of all, we're totally do different characters. We don't even look alike. It, nuts. You know, that's, that's the so, business. That's so crazy. That, that, that's, that's not even business. logic. That's it's just... not logic. It's just the business. But you got to keep going. And I kept going. Right. And look at me now. I'm going to the Arnold house. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Jim Brewer. Take that, yeah. Take that, Jim Brewer. That was funny. I mean, I really wish I had that tape. Like, I wish I had had the copy of that. That I could just... Because to me, that's classic. You want those things. Right. You want the worst... I have a... I have to find it. I have a, a tape of Danny Cohen having a breakdown on stage. <gasps> and is then it, he, was right doing, he was doing... He was doing... He was telling everyone, big black cock in the ass or something like what? that. What? Yeah, yeah, Danny yeah. Cohen doing Danny that? Cohen. He, this was years ago. You understand, this is like 15, 20 years oh, ago. Oh, okay, because he's so different now. No, now he's different, but he had a breakdown. I have that on tape. <laughs> no. I got to find it. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Oh, is that funny? Danny I mean, Cohen's a hysterical, hysterical. comedian. Hysterical. But I, don't, I can't imagine him doing a big black cock joke now. No, he didn't do a joke. He was just... The audience was nuts. They were like horrible, and they weren't giving him anything. So he had, then he had a had a breakdown, like one on his breakdowns, and he was telling people they need a big black cock in the ass. No, <laughs> no. I mean, this is when you know you're That's starting. That's like the comic out... version version of Namaste, right? <laughs> I, I bless mean... you. I bless you with the BBC. Well, it's funny. Oh I mean. God. 
this is when you're young and you're starting out and you really don't know how to handle things. Right. So you, you kind of, you know, when you're a true comic, it comes out of emotion, right. your stuff. Right. So it could happen. I've seen it happen with professional comedians. Right. They throw tantrums on stage. Well, I saw one at, at Just for Laughs. He was taping, and he just got in his head, and he like just spiraled out. He was like, cut, play it again. And, you know, there's a whole audience. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, they yeah. redid it, and he entered, and they started playing music. And he's like, oh, fuck, and he fucked up the line again. I'm like, yeah. no. And I'm no, like, and he just like lost it. I'm like, but you're like a, he's like a big pro. I know, it happens. That's something that happened to Michael Richards too, right? Yeah, well, no. He lost it, and then he, yeah, the whole thing, and yeah. And it happens, you know? It shouldn't happen like that when you're a pro. Right. You try to make it not happen. But it does happen. What are you going to do? Right, you get triggered, and then you're in a spiral, and then you're out. Because especially if somebody's not letting up, you know? Like, sometimes people could be really mean. Yeah. So, other than that chicken bone moment, are there any... Yeah, any... I've gotten a lot of chicken wings thrown at me. <laughs> I also had a chicken, a piece of chicken thrown at me in Baltimore. <laughs> Baltimore? Well, Baltimore. It's understandable. Yeah, it was the worst show. It was... It was the worst show. I the headliner got with... mad at me. Oh, my God. I'm not going to mention his name. And what, what did the, how did, what happened to prompt the, the throwing of the chicken? They just hated me. Oh my God. I don't know. This was in, again, this is so long ago. I remember, but my first, I was in Baltimore and I had to go through a metal detector to see a movie. Yeah. What? A metal detector. I was like, what? Where am I? <laughs> was it Spy Kids? What? Was it Spy Kids? Spy Kids. It was uh, Pulp Fiction. But still, it wasn't the movie. It was the whole theater. Anyone going to see any movie in Baltimore, you had to go through a metal detector. Wow. Yep. Wow. It's pretty bad. It's a pretty hardcore city. There's one section that's nice, and then the rest is... And then I remember I got that thrown at me and whatever, heckled, horrible show. And I remember I was so flipped out that I got on a Greyhound bus at 2 o'clock in the morning after the show. And just got the... And got the hell out. And that was a nightmare in itself. Right, well, going to a bus station at 2 in the morning? Well, Greyhound, what the f... (laughs) You see, those chicken bones to keep you warm. Ugh. Yeah, Greyhound. Ugh, what a horrible... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining the scent of chicken on whatever you're wearing and the Greyhound. And the Greyhound bus. Oh, the chicken was a delight. (laughs) (laughs) You would wish they threw a few more things. I don't understand a greyhound. Where did these... These people must have been traveling from, like, across the country. Right. Because when I got on the bus, they were all sleeping. Right. So you were, they were just, like, stopping over in D.C. Or yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. On, on the way back to New York. Right. Wherever the hell they were going. And they were all sleeping, and they were snoring, and it was just gross, and... Ugh. How do you, like, what do you draw upon for material? My feelings. Yeah. Well, Vicky Victim, that's a great character. Well, yeah, and I'm, you know, when I'm doing it, I'm really crying. Yeah, you really are. I mean, it's like a real, because that's probably one, is that one of your things? Like, one of your own, because I know I have a Vicky Victim for myself that I've carried inside and didn't know I was doing it until, you know, I became an adult. I'm like, oh my God, I'm running a victim story. But you see these adults in New York, right? 
Yeah. All the time. Like, and the uh, character wouldn't work if it wasn't real. Right. Meaning, I couldn't fake cry and do it. Then it's just a whatever. Right. But, you know, it's um, it's just a character. Uh, what about you? What about me? Oh, I'm not supposed to ask the interview. No, you can. You can ask me a question. What made you start comedy? I... There was a talent show in college at FIT. I went to Fashion Institute of Technology. And we were all in the laundry room in the basement of the dorm. And I thought, I'll tell some jokes. Just because I'm always fooling around. And I fucking killed it. And I thought, oh my god, I have a superpower. I'm Spider-Man. I didn't know I could... You know, it's one thing to fool around with in a class. It's another thing to do it in front of just people in a laundry. And uh, I was hooked. I mean, well, I didn't. I didn't. You uh, do get hooked. You get Once hooked. Once you have a good set, that's it. Right. Then you. Then you. Then you don't care how bad anything ever gets. You still want to. Well. I mean, I hate the business of comedy. I think it's a disgusting business. Um, but when you love to do it, you just you keep going. Right. You just I mean, do. Right. It. Don't you think it's come on? It's right. kind of a gross business. Well, it's not like I come to the comedy industry for inspiration and love. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I can't wait to go and deal with X, Y, and Z, you know, part of the industry. Because it's Right, right. It's not. I had one guy say, you know, you're funny. I was surprised you did a whole bit about having an older partner. But, uh, you know, people say they're okay with the gay thing, but they're not. So, uh, I'm going to pass you. But, uh, just... Just lay out the gay stuff. <laughs> who said that? Oh, I know who said that. You know who said that? Yeah. Oh, my God. The guy's like, ugh. Right, right. And I'm like... That place is over. I imagine. It's like, is this 1950? Yeah. What, what year was that? But it's not. That was only a couple of years ago. A couple years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Post-Ellen? Uh, Obama was president. Good God. Just lay out the gay stuff. People say they're okay with it, but they're not. They're not. Yeah, they are. I'm like, really? You're not okay with it. Well, if you go to Middle America, yeah, it's a different. They're not gonna be okay with it. Right. I mean, I've. They're done... not okay with anything. Right. If I had to wear a Jewish star on my arm, star of David on my arm, I'd be in big trouble. Right. Right. I blend in, but if I had to be like, "Hi, I'm a Jew," I'd get the same reaction, and right. they'd want to kill me even more than you. <laughs> I did a, a show in the Panhandle of Florida, and I, you know, it was like 400, like a 400, like a ballroom, 400 people, a cultural event. So I'm hosting it, and I made a joke about you know sweatshops, labor in the Philippines, and it's like a Filipino cultural event, and people gasp. I'm like, oh, okay. Just so you know, there's also no Santa Claus. Wait, you know, I made some just yeah. sort of rift. And then this kid, and I didn't realize there's a table of children in the front. But first of all, why do people bring children to a comedy club? Thank you. No. All right? If you bring children to a comedy show, unless it's like family comedy, you yeah. deserve your kids to hear anything. <laughs> yeah. and, I, and anything that says family comedy, I don't even go near. Yeah. Don't hire me, because I don't want to do it. That happened to me once. I was asked to do a comedy show for a fundraiser, and I said they said you can do whatever you want, R-rated, do what you want. I get there and they said, oh yeah, it's also a fashion show for children. And there were like 20 little girls like sitting in the front row and I'm looking at my set list. I'm like, oh God. You know what I do at that point? I do crowd work. Yeah. Because 
first of all, nobody, comedy is not, unless it's a children's comedy or family comedy rated G, you have to bill it as that. Then you have to hire appropriate people. Yeah. I mean, you can't just hire a comedian and say, oh, and by the way, it's family show. Like, all right, thanks for telling me. Yeah. I kind of just worked with it. Like, I kind of said, all right, kids, cover your ears. And then I used to use, like, silly words, like, blankety, blank, blank, and it seemed to work fine. But yeah, that was, that was brutal. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they were in the front row, too. They are the sweetest and most adorable-looking faces. Oh, my God. Gosh, I'm going to traumatize them. I just remember that after the show, I mean, this is, that ha moment happened, the whole audience saw the kid get up and leave and so everyone gasps you can feel the oh. whole thing you know and i'm like so now they're all mad at me oh. and this is the first 10 minutes of a two-hour cultural event mm. i'm hosting this entire thing right oh. but I, you know i was like just i said you know what just be in the moment and bring the next group up now the malakang young palace dancers now the blah 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 blah, blah dancers and so and so the singer and the, you know and i just like kept the energy going at the end of it you no, know, people came up to me. They're like, "Hey, it was really fun." And the dad from that table was waiting at the exit. And oh, I'm what like, do you say? Oh my god! So I'm like, I'm just gonna own it. I mean, I'm not gonna avoid that that happened, right? So he's he waits. He's just waiting for everyone to be done so he can have his moment. And I'm like, I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna be, in, you know, really. And then he's like, I really loved it. Yeah, he was like, you were the most amazing thing to come to Tallahassee. Oh my like, gosh. And I'm like, really? He's like, that's great. I'm like, well, what happened to your kid? He's like, oh, the battery went out on his PlayStation or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, whatever he was, you no, know, Game Boy. I was like, oh. He's like, it wasn't even paying attention. I'm like, oh. Oh. But, the, you know, the audience has their own, you know, kids aren't paying attention. They're all on their yeah. phones or games. They're not listening. Right over, but they don't care. I'm a, you know, I'm an adult. I'm talking. They're like, wah, 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 wah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't. Wah, wah, yeah, wah, 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 wah. Right. But the audience all saw this kid run out when I said there's no Santa Claus. So, uh, I don't think kids even believe in Santa Claus anymore. Yeah, I just pretended so I give you presents. Don't kids. Still? No, not anymore. Last year I stopped. But, uh, pretty much really? No, you? I'm, I'm like, I just believed him. I was like, oh no. So you have children? No, I don't have kids. I'm saying when I was a kid, I pretended. Oh. So my mom would like, and we were Pakistani, we didn't really have this like Christ, Christmas tree or anything. So my mom would just open up her wallet and say, Oh, Santa gave me this $5 to give me. Oh, that's like, sweet. I believe in him. That's <laughs> sweet. Yeah, you believe enough for economic purposes, you will be yeah. flexible with your belief system. Hey, I was being a business oriented. Hey, yeah. <laughs> that's sweet. So for your crowd work, like when you when you were doing that family, th you were saying if you had a family, then you would just. Well, do it crowd happened work. to me. I took a gig knowing there was going to be kids there, but I needed the money, so I was like, I'm going to take it. Oh, <laughs> right, like, right. I just did crowd work, and it was fine. Oh, great! So what did you do? You're like, hey, kids! So yeah, I talked to them. I messed with them. They like when you make fun of their friends, and you know, I got I danced on the edge. Right. And they right. loved it. It's fine. Right. They all know, like the clean thing. They know. They're 12 years old, 10 years old, they know everything. Right, they've heard it. I mean, you're not going to get raunchy, but, you know, you just mess with them. They love it. Right, right. What would be your advice for younger comics? Don't let anyone tell you anything. Hmm. Like, if someone tells you, you're not this, you're not that, we don't, don't listen. Do what you have to do. Just keep going. 
and believe in yourself and don't let anyone tell you you can't do it or don't just don't listen to any negativity because nobody knows what they're talking about that's mm. what I would tell new comics right and don't steal material right and be yourself you're better off bombing with original material than stealing from other people or trying to take on what another person's doing Pers you know, another person's persona yeah that's a no-no. That's a number one no-no. You'll have no respect and you'll get nowhere. And if you can, try to work clean because there's more opportunity when you work clean. Right. There's right. less opportunity when you're really dirty. Right, right. Um, even though it could be funny, but you know, you're not gonna get on TV with that material. You gotta have clean material. Right. But don't let anyone tell you you're not this. We don't need you. You're not funny. No. Because those people... Who are those people? Right. Right. They're nobody. Like, they, they, they don't... They're not God. They don't tell you what to do. You do what you have to do. And as long as you keep working hard and stay with it and be persistent, you'll be fine. Mm. And just develop and really work on your craft. Right, and really find your voice, like your own perspective on it. Yeah, and create and create and create. Do what you know, put out videos, because now the business is mostly what you do and not what people can do for you. You right. know? Right. Like, it used to be people would be like, oh, you want a development deal? Here. And they'd be writing out checks left and right. Now it's like, okay, what do you have for me? Right. You know, right. like... What do you have? What can you write? It's all really about writing also. Yeah, you're going to stay in this lane. New York Thruway. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be people who are stalking us in the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come, on the New York Thruway. Um, I just say that, like, I wish I, someone would have given me that advice because there's so much negativity. Like, you get these bookers who have power struggles and they're just miserable with their own life and you get casting directors who are miserable and they're not nice to the talent life you know what i'm saying right and they'll tell you anything they'll say you're not talented you don't have it do not believe in that no agent no manager no casting director and no booker should ever be disrespectful to a talent mm. and that's it and I just say keep going right and if you believe in yourself and you believe in what you're doing I mean you know you gotta also be in reality you can't be one of those people who go up on stage and bomb all the time right well watch your tapes listen yeah to your... listen to what you're doing you'll be fine but don't I just like that's the one thing don't listen to anyone who gives you negative negative feedback like you know, well, we don't think you have it, or you're too fat, or you, you know, look, you know how many times they told people that they're not pretty enough? Right. I mean, right. they told Lady Gaga that. Right, right. That's her whole thing. That her nose is too big. Well, now she's laughing her nose to the bank. <laughs> and she's the mo one of the most amazing talents out there. Right, right. And people, you know, I mean, granted, she, she could sing. Right. But I mean, she's talented. She's talented. But if, you, if everyone listened to everybody and stopped because they, someone told them they weren't good enough, we'd have no talent. Right. There'd be a lot of people that we would never see. 
that are huge right now. Right, right. So that's what I say to people starting out. Believe, just believe in what you're doing and do it well. You like that? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's great. I feel like I, I feel like I can still live now. I feel like I can keep going. I should tell myself that. No, but it's the truth. Right. You can't, you can't, don't listen to, no. And you have to surround yourself around people who believe in you. Don't surround yourself around people who make you feel less than. Right. And that's a lot of people. Like, you know, people latch on to other comics and other talent that are getting things, you know? Like they go and they, if you ever notice that the people who have the most things going on have the most people surrounding them. Right. If you right. go to a party, you'll see the people who are becoming the most successful have the most people surrounding them at a party. It's because everyone wants to latch on to them. Right. Because right. they don't have enough confidence to say, I don't need these people. Meaning, I don't need to latch on to somebody to be somebody. Right, right. That to me is also dangerous because then you latch on to someone and that someone's making it and you're like kind of selling your soul to the devil. Right, sense. right. And you're losing, you can lose yourself. You can lose yourself or, because... Or, orbiting this other person. Exactly. And that happens a lot also. That they go with other famous people and they give them stuff. Yeah, they're opening for them or they're doing this. But what could they have been if they didn't do that? Right. Maybe something, maybe nothing. Right. I they, don't know. But they would have found their, you know, trusted their voice. And... Also, yeah. I mean, I remember what I did a long time ago, Premium Blend on Comedy Central. The head of talent, his name was Chris Young, he called me and said, we want to pitch you for a half hour special. And I was so new. I was like, I'm not ready yet. Oh. To make a long story short, a year later, he was gone. And it was a whole new different, and it never happened for me. Oh. And when an opportunity comes, go for it. Right. You're ready. Just rise to the occasion. Wow. You know, there's a lot of, which to me was a bad move on my part, but whatever. It was meant to be. What am I going to do? Cry? <laughs> <laughs> oh, ow. Uh, it's fine. It wasn't meant for me. It wasn't meant to be. And I wasn't ready. I didn't have a half hour material at that point. It was like a seven minute, an eight minute set I had. Uh, that was good for like premium blend because that's all you had to do was five minutes, whatever. Right, right. Seven minutes. Right. I didn't have a half hour of solid material at that time. Right. Now, if I knew what I knew now, then I would have said, yeah, and I would have gotten someone to help me write. Right, and you would just pound it out and I would have done it. Collaborate get yes, it. Yes, and I would have gotten it. And you would have said, hey, I've got this special, and then every club would give you, let you get up. Well, it just, things would have been different for me. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. It's hard, yeah, it's right. hard to say, you but... Can't, you can't swing at a ball that's not here anymore, right? Nah, but the thing is, well, for newer comics, an opportunity comes, jump to the, to the occasion, and do it. Right. Because I was always told, you gotta be ready, be ready, be ready, you're not ready. You know what? Thanks a lot, people, for telling me that. You just ruined my life. <laughs> you know? Like, 
No. We're always we're always getting ready. We're always getting ready for the next thing. You're always ready. You're always you're always just you're right there. You're ready. Just you know, go for it. And be careful for what you wish for, because you actually might get it. Right. And then when it comes time to get it, and you're not ready, you don't feel ready. Well, you wanted it. Now it's here. What are you gonna do now? You're not gonna do it. You know. Right. Yeah. So you know. That calls for a lipstick break. <laughs> is there a danger of taking that opportunity when you're not ready? Like, is there a risk out? Yeah, there's that? a danger, but there's also a danger of not taking it. And for me, I, there's a lot of people who weren't ready, who made it as stars, and they, they were bombing on the road. They, who cared? You know, I think back in the day when, it, when talent mattered, it, it did make a difference. But talent doesn't matter anymore. I really don't think it does. Hmm. I think it's, there's a lot more factors just to being talented. Because it was just about talent these days. Half of the people who are getting stuff wouldn't be getting stuff. And the people who are on the sidelines, a lot of those people would be getting stuff. Because there's a lot of talented people who are not being seen in the spotlight. Hmm. Who will never, because A, they don't have the business skills. B, people, they're too old. What the industry, deems as being too old because that is a reality you are too old when you're too old you're over 40 that's too old almost for comedy mm. unless you're a star already then it's different sorry everybody <laughs> everyone just jumped out of the car no but I don't believe in that I believe you have to just create your own vehicle yeah I just think it's I, I feel like I'm in this I don't care. I'm doing it. You know, like I'm, good for you. It's just look. I'm in a I'm in a Toyota Corolla that I rented, and we're all driving up. This is to, rented. Yeah. This is not yours. No. This ah. is like get around. This is ah. like uh, you know get around. It's like a it's like a share app. You just ah. it's like Airbnb for cars. Really? What app is it? Uh, get around. Oh, it's called Get Around. Yeah. Oh, I thought you would just say. No. <laughs> I should be getting a sponsorship. Get Around should give me a sponsorship. They should give you a sponsorship to comics. Right. Get around. We were in a get around car, and this is why this is happening. Am I supposed to give you money for the get around? <laughs> it's really helping us get around. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it's just people that have cars that rent them out. Like, you can use them just to run, run to a gig. Oh, so this is someone's car? This is just a person's car who's a few blocks from where I live. And you just click on the app, it shows what cars are available. I said I want a car for You're you know. kidding me. This is someone's like actual personal car. Yeah, it's a person's car. I actually you know what's funny, I've gone by this house, I actually knocked on this house's door, you know, back with the you know, Bernie campaign. I was like canvassing way back. And I remember going down this block, I'm like, Oh my god, oh my god, I went to that oh my god, that's the mailbox. I hugged the little, you know, vote you know, vote on whatever Tuesday primary. It's like I've been to this house and now I'm using your car. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. I never knew there was an app called Get Around. Well, there's a bunch. There's Get Around. There's Turo. There's a few. Oh. Yeah, we've used Turo. That's for like specialty cars, like super fancy ones. That's a little fancier though. Really? It's also, it's, yeah. it, like, can I ask you how much is it to rent this car? Uh, it depends on how long we go. So, like, if you do it tonight. Tonight, if I get back by midnight. It's around sixty dollars, fifty. Well, that's not bad. Fifty, sixty plus, you know, whatever the tolls and that's. But it's still better than if I rented from a regular commercial rental place. Yeah. 
I have to pick it up at a certain time, I can't return it at a certain time, and you charge for at least 24 or 48 hour segments. So, and that's useful too for certain things. It's cheaper if I do a longer one with that. With but what? If I do like, if a I rent a car? If I needed a car for like a week, oh, yeah, that's cheap, different. cheaper to cheaper. do it that way. Yeah. But this is great for a little gig where I just grab the car at four, return it by midnight. So after midnight, you're charged. Well, I can I can keep incrementally, you know. Oh fi- yeah. You know, Look, fifteen dollars. I'm giving him I'm giving him money towards the get around. Stop it! I feel like yeah, are you doing a testimonial now? What is doing? <laughs> it's so funny. Thank you. Like this is this. I feel like we're doing a scene and uh, we're doing a. Uh, well, actually, you know what you could have done? We could have had another sponsorship with Venmo, and then you could have just Venmo me. The Venmo? Money. Are you gonna Venmo me the money? Yeah, I gotta Venmo, yeah, Venmo me the money. Right, right. But you know, we, we have like five sponsors. We have Venmo and we have Get Around. Oh, that'd be great. Toyota Corolla's. Right, Toyota Corolla, right? Yeah. Watching, you know what? We get a sponsorship with Toyota. Then we just have a car. Yeah. That's fun. Okay, well, keep it on the vision board. Put that on the vision board. I want a vision board. I don't know. What's on your vision board? Um, I really want to start doing major acting. Mm. That's my vision board. Yeah. What else? Um like to be in a relationship but whatever I want a dog you want a relationship and a dog what kind of dog I want a little chihuahua or so a poodle cute, a little cute like a little cute like poodle? a mini poodle not a big uh, not, no no that's too big because they get, then they get like gallopy and like no I love them but it's just I, like I New think York apartment yeah I feel like those dogs need big spaces and I want a dog like like if I had the dog, I could put him in a bag and he could be in the car with me right now. Would you let him in the car? Right, right. Well, I don't think this car would... In certain cars, no pets. It says no pets. How are they going to know? Please. Police Sorry. We don't have a pet, whoever... When they do a DNA, DNA testing yeah. in the car. Get around. If I have a dog, it's coming in the car. <laughs> no, some cars, it depends on per owner. Each owner decides. So oh. like this owner, one owner said, okay, you can have a dog with no cats because he's always the cats. Who's putting a cat in a car anyway? I don't know. See this exit coming up. Okay, on the right. I guess you're moving. Cats don't like cars. Cats aren't really into transport. <laughs> no, they're not into transport. They like to stay where they want to stay. They stay at home. They're happy, like my cats. How many cats do you have? Two. They're very cute. Just two? Just two. You I'm not, what do you think? I'm a cat lady? <laughs> you think that my hat is a cat? The hat? And the way you said. I only have two. The way you said and my cats. My, and they're brothers, and they're from the same litter, and they love this. They're going to be 16 years old. Really? Yeah. They're That's so cat? cute. Is that cat? That's adult, uh, human years? No, they don't live human years. No, no, but 16, so, yeah, exit. They're old. That's pretty old for a cat. I mean, yeah. it's getting into being really old how many years is that per year then is i don't know five years? i can't even think about it i want you them to live me cat forever photos now? You're showing me cat. oh stop it look oh my god they're so cute show it to the camera look at them wait can you see oh it's too look you can see you get the idea look at those little white guys like white with little yeah little, little look red, at them red ears oh, he's driving don't, don't distract <laughs> i know it's worth our lives okay? it's worth yeah it's our worth a life to see it's my cats it. oh there is look a at them there is a little snow. We are having a little snow now. Not really. It's a little flurry. It's, not, it's just a little. It's not on the floor. Okay. I say we go for it. I say we are troopers. Most people who cancel on the gig, now, 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 now. Just we don't do cancel it. anything. We're doing it. 
What What do you think about the Oscars situation with Kevin Hart? I think he doesn't need the Oscars. Exactly. That he's apologized and he's like enough already. I'm not apologizing again. We're, we're gonna. I'm gonna jump through hoops for a joke I made how many years ago. I already apologized, and that's it. So I'm not gonna host it. Get somebody else. Well, they're, they say they're not gonna have any hosts now. They're just gonna have people present. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Because it's whatever. The, who knows? I feel like this is just this is a great way to get ratings for people to finally watch the Oscars. They'll either I, that's just, so sad that people who finally are winning an Oscar, their long life dream, they have shitty ratings. Yeah. Right. They tried that once too to have no Oscar hosts and just have a variety of different people present. It was a disaster. It was the one where Rob Lowe did that. Yeah, movie. Rob Lowe yeah. And, a, and a sheep. Well, what happened though? Yeah, that was not good. Oh well, God. I heard Whoopi Goldberg wanted to host it. Yeah, she'd, she'd be, be great. She'd be funny. She's I, funny. No. Everyone likes her. I, I enjoyed like her. her. I, I don't like her. Oh, wait. Where are we? Are we... Did I, do, did I do the wrong turn? No, this is right. It's just... Okay, now it's all just uh, automatic. Oh, yeah. Keep going. No, you're good. You're doing great. I thank you. I think you're doing better than <laughs> what Rich would do. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have two op-eds on Kevin Hart <laughs> about the Oscars. What? In uh, USA Today, and uh, okay, yeah. So just yes, yeah, twenty miles an hour. You can just—it's so weird. It's not lit up. It's just really confusing. That's what right? Maybe it's not even working. Maybe they're just not working. For free. I think they did. Yeah, maybe there's just no tolls for now. Until they pick. So just keep going forward. The here. government shutdown. Oh. I wonder if that has some impact on it. What do you think about that? Oh my God. Well, I work for the government, so. It's... Oh, you can't say anything. I can. I mean, why not? Uh, I'm not saying anything like political about it. I'm just saying it sucks because, first of all, just you're not getting paid. I am because I'm, I'm one of the few agencies that actually. Well, it's like the banks, money. the bank agency. So I'm lucky, uh, but no. The what's what's hard about it is there's just a couple misnomers or misunderstandings in the press when you hear about government shutdowns. One of them is that not every person's going to actually get paid, so there are a lot of contractors who aren't working, so they're not going to get paid after this. My brother-in-law is one of them. So that's one of them. And number two, it's actually more expensive to have a government shutdown than to, to, to have a government open. Because with a government shutdown, we have to pay interest on in all these contracts. We have to clean up the parks because they're getting trashed right now, right? Like the Joshua Tree area in California. Right, right. So there's all these expenses. So well, of course, there's no park rangers. Exactly. So it's actually more expensive. And it puts us in greater danger too, right? Because like immigration courts have been shut down. Uh, so a lot of cases aren't going forward. TSA people are furloughed. So a lot of them are, you know, coming in sick so they can work during their sick days. Food safety inspection service are being furloughed. So it's actually kind of dangerous. It's not just uh, whatever. You know, you might not see it when you walk around, but it's... Right, you can't see what, what a government shutdown looks like because you're not seeing who's... You never see who inspects your food. Yeah. USDA, grade A, like... What happens? They just let meat go through now uninspected? What happens? Well, right now they're actually call, they called in the meat people, the inspector people to work for free for now. Uh, but again, a lot of people might say no. Might say no or there's going to be some lawsuits on this too because there's a little bit of legal precedent on this. If you make people work without a paycheck for a certain amount of time, it could actually violate certain laws. I believe it's the Fair Labor Standards Act. So like they're going to be there's going to be litigation on this. It's going to cost us more money long term. It's just embarrassing as a country you know so you think Bush uh, Bush my god <laughs> do you think Trump is gonna get um, impeached no I mean well you think he's gonna get reelected 
Yes. Yes, I think. Me he will. too. Yeah, absolutely. I have a feeling he's going to get reelected. I knew he was going to. I knew he was going to win. The Me too. I kept it. My friends like, no way. I go. We live in a bubble. Don't you understand? We live in a bubble. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of friends from the Midwest on Facebook. See, so I see their postings all the time, and we forget that we are so insulated from the rest of the country, and that a lot of those people do vote. They show up. <coughs> yeah. Right. Right. I mean. And it's scary. I hope not. I really hope not. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens, you know, eight years. Yeah, I think he's going to get reelected. Me it'll too. Be, I don't know why. It'll be interesting to see in the next six months. Who else is going to run against him? Everyone's running for president now. Uh, Kamala Harris, uh, Tulsi. Joe Biden's been flirting with the idea. He might actually have a shot at it. Yeah, he might have a shot. Kind of scrappy, you know. Who? Joe Biden? Yeah, he's he's flirting with the idea. Really? Yeah, yeah, he's thinking about it. Wow. Well, a lot of people are talking about. I don't know. Because my 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 thinking of it is like, how to to defeat Godzilla? Do you need King Kong? Do you need do you need like a big personality celebrity to beat this one, or do we just need? A steady hand on the wheel saying let's get back to normal I don't know I think Trump completely changed the landscape of the, no, the whole paradigm of like the presidency has shifted because now people like the bar is not even low it's just there's no bar it's like right like here's the thing about like when Obama got elected it wasn't just the fact that he was a mixed race president it's the fact that he was a senator a junior senator becoming president right Right. That was a game changer because before that was mostly governors. Now we have a guy who had no government experience at all becoming president. That opens up the floodgates. I mean, The Rock could be president. Tom Hanks, Oprah talked about it at one point. Like, right. no, she's not going to do it. But like, I would anybody, vote for Oprah. I think she could do pretty well. So that's my point. Like, I don't know. This is uncharted waters. I've never seen anything like this in politics. I don't know. What's going on. Yeah, it's um, it's dangerous. I think. I think it's a very dangerous thing. Yeah. I don't like it. You, you got to have some type of experience. No? Right. What's like saying, you know, well, I guess there's that, there's that whole joke where they say, you know, what I like about, about this politician, he's not a politician politician. He's like, you know, he's never done it. So we can trust him. Like, would you want your surgeon to have never done surgery before? <laughs> like, yeah, no experience? Surgery. That's fine. I think it's. I've been obsessed with this idea of why he got elected, and I've been reading so many articles and talking to so many people about it. I feel like America was just collectively in the mood for anti-establishment. I want someone. Right. Who's I, mean, I think that's, that's. I think that's why like Bernie and Trump yeah. were both so popular. Bernie would have won if he would have gotten the nomination hands down. Yeah, fucking Hillary fucked that one up. Yeah, I mean she kind of had it on a silver platter, right? Well, I mean, there, there were some so, things against her too. There were some fair, but right. But there were so many things that that the established. Democratic Party had put against Bernie so that she could have her. He got you know, screwed. He really got. Did you look? Did you know that he actually won a lot of primaries by votes, but they gave the delegate votes to right. anyway. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, just the whole bias of the establishment, and I felt yeah. like you know, then then you get, now you lose all that enthusiasm yeah. from the people because like, oh well, this system sucks. So then. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I think people, what, the, what the Democratic Party failed to understand is. It's not the 90s. It's not about who can raise the most money. It's who can raise the most enthusiasm. Follow the energy, follow the crowds. Say what you want about Trump. People loved him in the Republican Party. Like they were, 
scouring to see if he's filling up stadiums. Bernie had that too. Right. Instead, they went with, well, Hillary can raise more money. She's more of a name. It makes sense on paper, right? She's got a good right. resume. Right. And she's smart, so they figured this makes sense. Right. They but you were, but you were, first. but you were in this climate of like enthusiasm, not of, of uh, not that, not that Bernie doesn't have skills. Yeah, of course. But you know, if if it's really about you know, each candidate has to go. Who's the most viral? You yeah. know, so you did that. It'd be Trump and. Bernie. Yeah. Those are the two most viral candidates, but we yeah. did, they didn't do that. Who was that Michigan woman that just got elected? The Palestinian? Oh, I know what you're talking about. The one who called Trump a mother? Yeah. Uh, I you like her? About. I think it might be early. Well, I don't know. I was going to say it's too early, but why not? She has more government experience than Trump had before he was elected. I but think I, anything's on the table now. But I don't... See, this is what I don't like. I don't like the fact that she's bringing in an issue that has nothing to do with this country. Which one? Like the Palestinian-Israeli. Oh, right. Now. Like, she doesn't believe that Israel has the right to exist. Is that what she said? No, in so many words. Okay. Really? Oh, boy. She's totally anti-Israel. Yeah. I don't like that. That'd be interesting. Right away, I'm Cause, like, cause you, out, how, out, out. How are you going to do... And I know everyone's going to say, oh, yeah, but what about a United States? They support Israel. They, uh, yeah. Who gives a shit? That's, but but that's, that's what I support. Like, you can't say you want a whole country gone. That, that's like, and I don't believe in people say, just because you're anti-Israel doesn't mean you're anti-Semitic. That's such a lie. Because if you want a whole country gone, you're anti-Semitic. So she was saying that? I, I didn't, I didn't she didn't say it. But, but I'm just thinking if she wants, well, yeah. if, you know, I'm trying to think of like how do you win the progressive vote with that platform? She's, yeah, there's been a shift in the more of the left wing about the Israeli-Palestinian issue. It's such a complicated. Well, issue. no, the left hates Israel. They, yeah, it's they. But I love to say this: that is like there's a conflict, you know, and I feel like it's not even the people. It's nothing to see to me it has nothing to do with the civilians that their leaders the Palestinian leaders are a bunch of crooks hmm. and they're terrorists like really like you're taking the money and you're building tunnels yeah so what do you think about you're a Muslim yeah yeah I think it's a complicated issue it's I a complicated you, issue but why are you blaming a whole country full of people I don't blame criticism of governments. Governments, so exactly. So that's my problem. So I don't have a problem with Israeli or Palestinian or Saudi Arabian or Canadian. No. I have a problem with the government. It's the government. So I'm critical of every government on something. My Absolutely. Included. And I think the Palestinians obviously have issues as well, but I'm critical of some of the things in the current Israeli government. So Absolutely. I government. I but, but do you want a whole no, white... No, like they're like stupid. There are people who are like, Israel should not exist. No, I disagree with that. I think that well, first of all... Really? Oh. No, no, I disagree with saying that Israel shouldn't exist. I think it should exist. I think all people and their security and life should be prioritized. Exactly. So I think what's, that's just a basic human right. So why respect. doesn't the, the Palestinian government... See, for me, it's not right what happened. You have to make the best of your situation. Yeah. Meaning, take what you have and make it beautiful. And make it really nice for your people. Instead of fighting on an issue that has everything to do with ego at this point. Yeah. I mean, 
mean, I think like for, I'm, I'm not representing them at all because I don't know what it's like. But I think when it when it gets so emotionally charged with religions involved and there's this history, enough with the religion. I know, enough, but that's that's, that's their shit. world. That's the world they're in. Yeah, right? too bad. So th- it kind of messes up your logic and sense of what I would or you would might do. Exactly. I, I, think, I think actually my bigger problem isn't even the Israeli government. It's actually the surrounding Muslim countries. Like Saudi Arabia has so much money and resources. Exactly. They can do so much to help the Palestinian people. Like what I'd like to see is Saudi Arabia come in and say, you know what? Let's rebuild Palestine and make it the, the Silicon Valley of the Middle East. That's what and I'm let's saying. Some, make the best in. of what you have. Put let's, some money in. And make it so nice that other people, Israelis or other people are like, damn, let's go to Palestine. This is where yeah. it's at. And I think that, I think when you have a better economy where people are jobs and they're eating and they have electricity and all these things, there becomes less of a reason to be extremist and violent. I think when you're happy and you have a job. But why are they blaming Israel for the fact that they don't have money when they do, the Palestinian government has money? Well, I don't know the specifics of that, but I do know that it is complicated, right? Because on one hand, there's Israeli security, which is important. Person deserves to be a victim of any kind of violence that's wrong. And then there are Palestinian people who are like, well, gosh, I feel like my electricity's coming off a lot. I can't leave this country. I'm being located. Life's tough for me, too, and we're dying as well. So it's, it's complicated. I would say that we got to condemn violence no matter where it comes from. And we have to be mindful that there are many sides to this issue. Israeli and Palestinian. I'm voting for Hather for, huh? for president. Oh, Tariq. I got Tariq. I'm the... <laughs> <laughs> this is it. It's hard. It's My hard. next president. This is it. I'm nominating you. But you know what, though? Like, to be honest, though, like, it's an important issue, but I agree with you more that we really got to focus on the domestic stuff. Because that's what actually affects us more. I know. The domestic. That's why I didn't like when she said that, because it's like, you're you're going now to an international thing when we when your own state doesn't have clean water. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's more like, holy crap. Flint still doesn't have potable water. Yeah, you can't drink. Flint, Michigan, your own state that you just got elected to has no water. Yes. Okay. Thank you for bringing this up. So this is an argument I get into with some of my more. I'm liberal, right? I'm a civil rights lawyer. I'm pretty PC, but I get in this big fight with my PC friends sometimes about this similar issue of why don't we focus on the bigger issues of Me Too, women getting harassed, or you know. Uh, criminal justice issues where people of color are more likely to see problems. Why don't we focus on those rather than what pronoun or what word I'm using? Pronouns are important, but like, why are we focusing on like a poo from The Simpsons is voiced by a white guy? Let's let's you know protest that. I'm thinking that's like yeah, a top that's stupid. That's 257th priority out of right. Those are those are like just like let's have a conversation. Those are sure. shiny little things you see. They're not not important. I'm just saying. But there are people that just can't, have no access to, to potable water, yes. to education. There's a lot of racism, yeah, which to me is horrible, because the racism is getting worse. In some ways, yeah. And it's not even just towards like black people, but for everybody. It's the black people towards white people, yep. white people towards black people, Chinese thing. people. I mean, it just goes on. Like, do we really have that much time to hate people? Yes. Like, just be nice to people. People are individuals. And we have limited time and airtime to talk about these issues when we do have a voice. So we should prioritize and strategize, okay, if I only have two minutes of time to talk, whether it's on a podcast or something, let's talk about criminal justice reform. Let's talk about, you know, there was a report on Forbes magazine saying that women still face work 
workplace harassment at law firms or lawyers or educate like a woman attorney still faces basic oh, yeah. sexual harassment like so these are stop. the issues that are kind of big whereas cultural appropriation maybe we should put that under priority 357 you know like that's not really hurting my day-to-day life no right i mean people are calling that out because that that sets a tone in terms of of di- race race dynamics sure but i, I was at the uh black bar association uh god a couple months ago and they were having this seminar and it was on like implicit bias and and the the cost of harassment on the work in the workplace like one sexual harassment case can cause like financial damage like Right, thousands and thousands, like, like hundred thousand, five hundred, happen because there's so many things that happen from someone just saying nice, you look nice, and whatever it is, it doesn't even like have to, to physically touch someone, but that, that's just setting that tone. And, and and but people need to relax first of all. Right, yeah. but you still can't you can't send a, a photo of yourself to somebody. Yeah. No, you, you can't be like. Did you watch um, Surviving R. Kelly? Oh, no. I've heard all about it, man. Oh, I just watched the whole thing. I mean. There is levels because if you're in a workplace and you are a boss of somebody and you're making sexual comments, it puts them in, they're in the power situation. And then as a woman or whoever's getting harassed and men get harassed too, all of a sudden you feel like, uh uh-oh, if I don't say yes to this, am I going to get fired? Right. You, it's, you know, and I feel like we blame the victim too often. Because it's also like, what are you going to do? Do you know that HR is going to have your back? Are they going to believe you? Maybe not. That's what, with the R. Kelly thing. He was so, he was a famous, he was a predator. He'd go to schoolyards. And He'd everybody hang knew out. about it. That was a weird Everybody thing. knew about it. It was a joke for years about R. Kelly. Yeah. He was like having sex with 14-year-old girls and what? peeing on them. Yeah, yeah, there was tapes. Well, he never, he was so, he had so much money bringing in so much money for so many people they just turned a blind eye yeah well because the people would joke about it and i'm like he really i mean no, it was so it, was it sounds so it sounds so ridiculous and you're like no no it's really real it's like and he ruined people's lives big time yeah. do you think he's gonna be arrested i mean there's video of him i'm surprised i can't believe he's still on itunes now if itunes are we, is this going to be on iTunes? <laughs> yeah, it's on iTunes. Okay, but why do you still have his music up there? Drop it. Yeah. He should not be making another dime off his music. He should be done. After watching that documentary, yeah. I don't give a shit what he came from, what happened. He is, should be out. Goodbye. So that raises a question, let me ask you. So let's say somebody who we once enjoyed we later on learned they did terrible things like Kevin Spacey, right? Do I, is it wrong for me to enjoy Kevin Spacey's art? Like, is it, I can never watch The Usual Suspects again or? No, you just can't give him money. Okay. That's how, that's see, because watching it doesn't empower him. Be giving him money empowers him. Like, I will never see another uh, Roger but, Waters but won't, concert but won't, again. Won't he get residuals if you watch? No. If you own it, <laughs> you can watch as much as you want. Right, but if it's like on Netflix, I don't know. Netflix, no, Netflix, well, he doesn't no, get residuals. Well, there's no residual on Netflix. You get a, it's a lump sum. Exactly. So watch it. I just feel like don't put your dollar bill to him. Okay. Like, I would never see another Roger Waters concert. Again, I would never give him money. That guy is so anti-Semitic. Really? 
It's insane. Like, he's one of the most anti-Semitic people out there right now. Yeah. And he's like blatant about it. He hates Jews. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say it, but he does not say it. If you're not saying it, you are. Because if you're being accused of something and you don't say, I'm not anti-Semitic, you're anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. I mean, he the things he does, he had a... On one of his concerts, I think it was in Belgium, he had a huge pig with a Star of David floating around. What? Yeah. What? You got away with that shit? Yeah. Because a lot of people in Belgium are anti-Semitic. Europe is really anti-Semitic. Wow. France is one of the most anti-Semitic places. Yeah, it's actually interesting. We, we always think of uh, Europe as being very liberal. No. When it comes to a lot of issues of race. No. So in America. I, I don't think, it's the same thing as being a Muslim. I don't think there's a better place to be in a Muslim than like America or maybe Canada or something because it's so much more progressive and easier for us. I bet, I wonder if it's similar for Jews too. Well, yet, well, not anymore. Maybe I don't know because see, with the only thing with Jews, we could blend in. That's true. That's the only thing. Like, as a Muslim, you can't really blend in because you're darker skinned. If you're a light skinned Muslim, you could blend in if you're not wearing um, a hijab or anything. But you know, as Jews, we could simulate very easily sure. if we're not wearing a yarmulke or look like we're Jewish. Just eat a pizza and I'll assume you're Italian. Yeah, exactly. I could look Irish. I could look anything, you know? So I feel like, is it more progressive, this country? I think, yeah, New York is, LA is, Chicago. Right. The bigger cities are. But you go to middle America... But you grew up where you lived, right? And they yeah. all knew you. I had a good experience, but then again, I should note that I grew up in North Dakota and everyone was really nice to me and my family, but there was also a class issue too. My dad's a doctor, he's an important part of the community, so that plays into it as well. Like if I was, let's put it this way, if I was middle class or lower middle class, we maybe weren't as educated, we might have had a very different experience. But exactly, or if you just moved in and no one knew you? That could be harder too. That my, could be harder also. My dad was very respected in the so that's yes. as a result that I got a little privilege from that. So you, so you were like a dark-skinned man with white privilege. I wouldn't quite I'm say. joking. Yeah, I know. Because I still got like stared. You're like dark comments, milk chocolate but... privilege. Yes. Yeah. See, New York, you could be anything. Nobody cares. Perk, not privilege, perk. We're lucky to live in New York. Yeah. You know, I feel like I was born and raised in the tri-state area. Sure. So I don't know anything else. Like, you know what I'm saying? Even yeah. though where I grew up in Long Island, it was very segregated. Like black people lived in bl- the black town right. and white people lived in the town next door, but you didn't mix. Yeah. Wow. Now that's changed, I yeah, think. There's still a lot of segregation actually, and even in our school systems, it's still a problem. Yes, it's, it's, um, it's a problem. Like there was, there was like three black people in my school. Oh, wow. They all lived on the same block and there was like, and everybody knew them, so everyone was okay with them. But it wasn't like a mixed, diverse town where I lived in. It was white people. It was Irish, Italian, and Jewish. And German, whatever you are. (laughs) There was no Filipinos, sorry. No, I mean, we we had like... A few Asians. We had a couple Filipinos in my area. Where'd you grow up? In Illinois, near O'Hare Airport, Bensonville, Wooddale. Oh, okay. It's Midwest, too. Midwest. But, uh, yeah, we could. there's like three Filipino families, and 
There was there was a a black student. I didn't know <laughs> a black student. I'm thinking was that I mean because it was like three years, four years apart. I mean I was not in that those circles. It was not a big school, but there were a lot of people I didn't know. Plus I was also out, so right. I had my own things I was dealing with, like just getting through the hallway. Every, during passing period was like I don't have time to like bring the school together I just need to stay alive really they were making fun of you oh my god people would come to my house and really you know vandalize it I went through, my mailbox every Friday would disappear oh you that know, <laughs> you know that's that's yeah, funny they would you know this is like you know yards and lawns and they would run over it or hit it or drag it or that's so my horrible. dad my dad put in this six by six you know like big like railroad tie with uh, a bulletproof mailbox. It's still there now. Now that wow. thing, you can't. You could hit it with a car. The car would be ruined. It's like that's wow. so I guess funny. They, I guess they assume gay people don't like USPS or something. Like <laughs> it was like their. That was their expression of like, gay people go home. I mean, they not go FedEx home. FedEx that shit, bitch. Right. Yeah. It was just. It was FedEx. Well, you know, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. It could be the FedEx lobby. That's it's funny favorite. that the nobody was out in my school either. It was, and. If they were, nobody really bothered them. Yeah. Actually, there was a kid. It's funny. As I've gotten older, I've, I've learned a few of my classmates were gay, but maybe they weren't out of the closet yet. Uh, one of them, I, who was at the time gay, was actually a good friend of mine. I had no idea. Uh, he got beaten up quite a few times, and then oh. later on he told me about it. That's he actually horrible. went through a lot of crap. I remember he actually co- tried to commit suicide. Oh. I was there with him, but I didn't realize it was because of that. I thought it was just because he had you know mental illness or abuse, but... So it's a, it's a real problem. I don't know if it's gotten better in that here part of the country, but it was pretty bad. Even my generation, when I was in high school, you know, late '90s, early 2000s, it was you know still a thing. I like to think it's better. I hope. Well, yeah, because people coming out in elementary school now. Right. I mean, right. I think it's better because of TV. I 100% agree. And internet and what's being presented. Well, people now know that it exists. When I, you know, when I came out, it was like, all we knew was like, Rock Hudson was on the cover of Newsweek dying of AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just people, and like, people wouldn't let me use the water fountain in my school. They they were protesting. They want me in the school because we're all going to die. I mean, I was like 14. I hadn't even had sex yet. Right? And they were like, he's going to kill us all. It's like, that's how, that's like sort of the the level of that time. Right? I think television has an amazing impact on civil rights reform. You know, I mean, even like back at the, remember Dick Van Dyke yeah. TV show? So there's a character named Buddy who was Jewish, right? And there was an episode where he has a bar mitzvah. And that was and that was a big deal in television history because it was like, oh my gosh, a normal person like us is Jewish. A guy would be in the office and here's his thing. And I think that had a bit of an impact. And I think Ellen had a huge impact as well. Absolutely. On the perception of people who are LGBT because even people who are more middle America are like, well, I love Ellen. She's clean. She's funny. And yep. she's likable. She's like one of the most likable personalities, and she happens to be gay. I think right. those things have a bigger impact. But I think also people are more tolerant of gay women than gay men. Think so? I'm yeah. the opposite. I, th- I think so. I don't know why. Well, it's also like because it's a patriarchal society, and anything that der- that could be seen as deriding masculine power is threatening. So wait, is it deriding masculine power to be a gay woman or a gay man? Gay okay. man. Okay. But isn't it also like, oh, this woman doesn't even need me. That's frightening. Yeah, to I think it's both. Right? I guess it depends. Like, because to me, it's all stupid. 
Like where I grew up, there was a gay bar called Pal Joey's in my town. Pal Joey's. It was called Pal Joey's. And my friend and I, I remember, we snuck out of our house because we wanted cigarettes. Yeah. This was when we were in high school. And we went in front of Pal Joey's and this gay guy came out, went in his trunk and took out a cart of cigarettes and gave us a pack. What? So then that was our spot. That was like, oh, Pal Joey's. If you want anything, go to Pal Joey's. Yeah, I just remember that. And they used to all, they used to all cruise in the oh. ShopRite parking lot. Oh, my God. And oh, there, my God. But there wasn't... I mean, everybody knew it was there. Nobody had a problem with it. I mean, what it was town was this? North Belmore. It's where the brokerage is. Brokerage, right, right, right. But more north. I grew up in North Belmore. Right, right. The gay part. The gay part of Belmore. <laughs> the big gay part of Belmore. Gay guys were the best back then. <laughs> they still are. Right. Well, it's more assimilated now. It's all digital now. You don't have to go to a parking lot to cruise. You can just turn on your phone. That's exactly. They would be in the parking lot in their cars. And there was a few gay bashing there. Yeah. But otherwise, nobody really bothered with the bar. You know, it was there. The town didn't... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it was more... But that was like in the 80s. Like, early 80s, late 70s when mm -hmm. I lived there. As a kid. So, I don't know. I just remember liking... That was my like exposure to like gay men at that point. Wow. I used to love them. You were like a little teenager, just getting your. I was cigarette. little, my teenage. Like, how did you know to go to Pal Joey's? It just because it was open. It was like suburbia, you know. We went, we stood in front of Pal Joey's. The guy came, you have a cigarette? Um, we we could pay you this much, and he oh gave us a pack God. of cigarettes, and we were and like, Who are you oh. with? I have a friend. Who is this? I don't remember where her is, name. Where is she now? She where is she now? Her name. I don't remember which friend it was. They're, wow. they're around. Some of them are still living in the same town. Right, right, right. But, um, yeah, that was funny. That's and I, I, from then on, I loved the gay men in Pal Joey's. <laughs> <laughs> that was your introduction to me. That was my introduction to liking gay men. <laughs> when, I was like, the, uh, when I was like 12, 13. When was the ambiguously gay duo on Saturday Night Live? Oh, right. That uh, cartoon that Steve, Carell, Steve, uh, uh, Steve uh, Colbert was the voice of uh, really? Ace. Oh, right, the ambiguously. That was a big thing when I was in uh, junior high, high school. Right, right. The ambiguous, what was it, ambiguously gay duo? The ambiguously gay duo. Yeah, it was a little cartoon thing on Saturday. Right, right, right. They were like little superhero guys that were always doing like, yeah. homoerotic things, flying like a, a phallic-shaped whatever. That's or... funny. My favorite bit was just every time they would do something like that and the bad guys would stare at them, be like, you know, he'd pat the guy in the butt and say, good job. And be like, what's everybody looking at? Uh, nothing. <laughs> you know, it's like... so funny. I love it. Yeah. That was, um, but look, it's snowing for real. Well, man. now it's snow. Yeah. It's, a little, it's not so bad. It's not. Look, it's sticking and now. It's a little dusty. Careful. But you it's... know what's fun about the snow, though? When it's coming at us? You know how to drive in snow, right? Yeah. Well, you're what's, North Dakota. What's fun about it is it looks like we're going at light speed, like in Star Wars snow coming at the lights. You would say Star Wars. I love that. You have Star Wars on your on your wedding page. I do? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what do I, oh, because yeah. Made you, a, made a, you made I a married, quote. I got married on, the, on May 4th. My wife there doesn't get it, but it's the, it's the Star Wars day. Can I tell a secret? I've never seen Star Wars. Any of it? And I won't see it now because, just because people go, what? 
Yeah, that's right. And I'm not going to see it. My wife hasn't either. I'm not into sci-fi. It's not really sci-fi, but I hear what you're saying. It's not? It's more of fantasy. Same thing, sci-fi fantasy. I don't know. Mm. All right. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> now we're going to gerrymander around that conversation. Forget, forget Maybe Israel I should Palestine. watch it. Star Wars is where you're going to piss people off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just never, as a kid, around. I was more into like, I don't know. I like horror films. Me too. I'm a big fan of horror films. A big fan. You 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 love it? Love I it? I love it. Love it. Do you, what's the scariest movie you've ever seen? The Shining uh, by Stanley Kubrick, the Jeff Nicholson version. Yeah. Or as The Exorcist gets a honorable mention. Yeah, Exorcist is amazing. Rosemary's Babies. Oh yeah, that's a good one. What about Black Christmas, the original? Oh, that was pretty good. That was scary. That was pretty good. Oh boy. And like, if you watch it now, just the original, not the one that was remade in like the 90s or 2000. Not that Black Christmas. The one from, it's a Canadian film. It's called Black Christmas, but sometimes people call it Stranger in the House. Okay. And it's very dated because they still have a telephone with no call waiting and yeah. it rings and it's a dial-up. Oh, okay. But it's really spooky okay. and scary. Remember uh, the guy? I don't know that. I have to go rewatch it. You got to watch it. I have it's to rewatch it. It's unreal. That movie is, and you know who was in it? Um, Andrea Martin. Okay. Um, who else? All the people from that Canadian sketch group. Wh- whatever. Boys in the Hall? No. Oh, the I love Boys. The one that John Candy did? Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of people. Like It was like, there was a lot of humor in it, but yet it was really, really eerie. Mm. I love that movie so much. That's why, that movie, movie like scared me for years. I always thought there was someone in my attic. Uh, I, I always was a big fan of this movie. It's been out for a few years. You ever seen It Follows? No. That's one of my favorite horror movies of recent years. Really? That's basically the premise is that uh, you, if you have sex with someone who's got this virus, a person will start following you. you only you can see the person. Oh, God. And, it's like, and if they touch you, you're dead. And the <sighs> person could be different every time. It could be your dead dad. It could be a little five-year-old girl, a naked 47-year-old man, like whatever. What, and, they, and so, they become people from your past or they be- anybody it manifests itself so it's always walking towards you so you could drive a few hours and it'll buy you some time but they're always walking now you can have sex with someone else but that's just gonna pass on to them and as soon as they die the, the virus goes back to you and oh, it, it's interesting things today about sex and about how, how women see problems that men pretend don't exist you know yeah because it was a woman who was the victim of it it's smart, it's creepy, it's got a great 1980s music score. I'm a big sucker for 80s music, so I, I was a huge fan of it. It's on Netflix. What's it called? It Follows. It Follows. It's one of my favorite horror huh. movies. And that's new. Newer. I saw it in theaters like, I don't know. Oh, so it's not It's not a series, it's just, it's just um, um, a Team, movie. Yep, one time movie, yeah. Oh, okay. I have, a, I have a, a theory that comics love horror. Like a lot of us, because I feel that comedy and horror have something similar. Or that they both rely on the weird. You right. know what I mean? And like, pain. Yeah. And as a result, there's like this certain kind of meeting point that that's why we kind of tap into horror in a certain way. That's why that, that guy was a Key and Peel guy who directed um, Get oh. Out. Which one? I, can't, I, can't, I get their names mixed up. But that guy makes perfect sense that he's good at horror. Or John Krasinski from The Office, that he's directed a horror film, right. um, The Quiet Place. I think it makes a lot of sense. You're going to see Danny McBride co wrote the new Halloween movie with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, that was horrible. It was pretty good. I heard it was awful and not scary at all. Oh, really? The original one. The original's good. 
was scary. Yeah, that was one of the original slasher films after, after Psycho. Psycho was like... I think Halloween, to this day, still scares me. The stalking scenes are the best, like during the daytime. Oh, yeah. the it's one. done before that. Oh, yeah. How about when um, he's riding and he stops short? Yep. That was spooky, right? Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> and you know John Carpenter, the director and writer, did the music, too. Oh, really? I've never seen a film director do music. I think maybe Clint Eastwood the only one I can think of who's done that. Yeah. yeah, the original Halloween. Scary. Psycho is one of my favorites, too. Did you guys ever see Psycho? Oh, yeah. Mother. Mother. So, did you see the bird box? I did. No. Oh. Did you? Now, it's, a lot of people hated it. I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. I was into it. Yeah, there was a lot of things that didn't add up. Not perfect. It wasn't perfect, but I enjoyed watching it. Even though I knew some of it was like, okay, the boat flipped over and the kids are okay. Like, in real life, that would not have been. Like, you end up at this sanctuary for blind people, but how are they getting their food and all that? Whatever. Hey, it's the apocalypse. Exactly. I mean, you gotta so, let suspension of disbelief a little. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So, but I really enjoyed watching it. I yeah. thought it was great. Sandra Bullock can still carry a movie, even if it's a Yes. Movie. I thought it was really... Did you see it? No, no. You should see it. Yeah, yeah. It's um interesting. John Malkovich is in it, too. Another actor I like. Mm-hmm. Did you see Did you see Spider-Verse? Yes. No. Loved no. it. Oh, right, because you considered... You would call that sci-fi, too, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's, it's not. It's, it's also cartoon. It's action. It's cartoon and action. I loved it. I thought it was probably the second or third best Spider-Man ever. Yeah, I thought it I thought it captured so many different genres. Well, it's cool to see a Spider-Man of color lead the film, first of all. Right. And they did it in an honest way. You know, like... Well, it was, it was like, real. There were real relationships happening. The father relationship, the uncle. Those were, like, you felt like these are actual tangible people. Yeah, and I love the idea that it is, so basically this animated Spider-Man movie where the lead is this guy named Miles Morales. He's half African-American, half Latino. He's a kid, he gets Spider-Man powers or whatever. But what's cool about it is he he was from a public school area, but his dad's like, no, go to the private school, you're gonna have a better education. So just kind of like seeing that kid of color go to the private school and the situation, like I love that. That's an honest, interesting, sophisticated, issue for a kid not kids but for like a spider-man yeah right well it's also just very i mean i also felt like there's so much brand placement product placement in that in the in but the, it was very meta when they did it it's a funny interesting right. way they just had all these different new york schools or products like nike there's a nike moment yeah. in there i mean everything's in there yeah they had two spider women which is kind of cool right right yeah. there's all these women and i also felt like wow that, now women are are superheroes or super villains yeah, do you think it was a little weird though that they had like one female Spider Woman who was like totally like a Japanese anime like joke? Was it like supposed to be funny or was it kind of like oh, this is a little stereotypical? <laughs> well, it was like this, it was so anime and every she was eating bubble gum or whatever. She's like, they're all like, hee yeah. hee. It's like what? And like I'm gonna let this slide because I like Spider Man so much. Yeah. Right, but I was like, what was that? I mean, they just basically had like you gotta let some shit slide. Like I love the movie Back to the Future, even though it's got like a super racist like depiction of Middle Eastern people. Remember, oh, like, God. it's a nana, it's a nana, go, and it's like, yeah. it's the terrorist, you know, I'm like, whatever, I like, I, I like Marty McFly, I'm sorry. I'm You're Marty McFly. I'm gonna let it go. It's funny. Just gotta let some shit slide. Now, are we in a situation where we should stop taping this so you can just focus on this driving I, in the snow? I, I feel like back at home, I'm all right. Are you I'm okay? I'm just going a little slower. Yeah, I'm just a little, I'm a little, just, I'm I mean, fine. it's not bad. We're not bad. We're all right. I'll let you We're know. doing it. We're going light speed.
Right, well, we're doing we're, it. We're, uh, but it's not so bad that like I can see the roads behind. The plows haven't. Are we getting kind of close, or how far are we from? We are maybe a half hour. That's not bad. Yeah. We've done a lot of the driving, so we should be. But how do we? What? what Look, how do we get back? <laughs> right. We'll be all right. We just wait for the snow to melt. <laughs> we have to wait for the spring to come. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, we'll live in the mountains like the sound of music. We we'll hide from the Nazis. We did have, we did have. <laughs> what did you say? We'll hide from the Nazis, like in Sound of Music. We'll go in the mountains and go to the mountains. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. The end of the movie, she. The the they just climbed up into the Alps. It was a bizarre thing. They, it was a bizarre ending, actually, because it was kind of like a bird box ending. They're in the, you know, it's the apocalypse, right? World War Two. People are getting murdered. Oh God. So up. they just sing, climb every mountain, and go up into, into the Alps. It's still a great musical, though. Right. It is. Well, last last year, I was here with Caitlin Palufo in a snowstorm, and we had to abandon the car because she didn't have snow tires on her car. How'd you get home? So no, we we just left it where we couldn't go further. Then the one of the waitresses from the venue came, picked us up, because and, and it was packed because you know everyone here has snow tires. Just we didn't. But how'd you get home? Oh, we just they just drove us back to the car, and then I just grabbed like I grabbed some logs from the Arnold house. I grabbed a bunch of logs. And stuck like you know, like basically lined them up in the snow in front of the car to drive over all these logs on the ice. So funny. I was I figured it out. It's funny. I took you know a lot of kindling, but whatever, just stick the logs out and yeah, they I, were kind of wedgy and. I've driven some pretty horrible conditions in North Dakota. Well, North Dakota. I imagine North Dakota. You guys have tons of snow. Yeah, we actually had snow banks bigger than my house. Yeah, I jump off the roof into the snow. Yeah, see, I just tell my friend in Chicago, I did the same thing. When we were kids, we would just you would just climb up to the roof of the house and jump off. That's I actually what, had a great childhood. In right, I'm not gonna lie to you, I, I didn't mind the snow. But did you in Long Island? You get snowstorms, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Did oh, you yeah. jump off the roof of your house? No, but I went to school in Buffalo also. Oh right. That was major snow. Oh, you you were doing a show, and then the owners of the Roscoe Diner were there. Yes. Are they gonna be there? You think? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That was fun though. You're like, oh my god. I love that we have a text break. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, this is real. Do you? Wow, the Roscoe Diner. That's like a famous diner. Yeah. We all. That would be the diner we'd all stop at, and everyone would be there. Right. That was well. That was the only thing in, in the area mm -hmm. between there and Binghamton. It's really the only thing on the, on the route to really eat. Yeah. Right. I mean, maybe it's changed. But they're it. That was funny. The owners of the Roscoe Diner. Right. I was like, "Wow, I'm meeting a celebrity." Well, I think you said like this is like meeting Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that anymore. You'd say Gaga. You'd say Gaga. Right? I'm Team Gaga. Yeah, she's cool. I, she not, she nailed it on the Star Is Born. Oh my God, that was. So I cool. haven't seen it yet. Oh my God, what kind of gay are you? I know, I know. Yeah, hey, I was, I've been in transition for the last couple of months. I've been transition. Oh yeah. No, well, you know, I that the whole gay, I'm, the actual gay divorce and the whole process of that. Yeah. It's a lot more complicated because you have to sort of, you have equitable distribution yeah. of marital assets, and then you have to do a whole timeshare with brunch. Where is he now? Brunch timeshares are really hard to divide. <laughs> You gotta get that shit in the documents, man. Where's, right. Where is he now? He's in the house. He's in the is he house. Okay. With, yeah, he's fine. I just saw him today. And everything's good. Yeah. You know, I gave him the keys. I gave him the final the keys to the house because I I'd finally taken the last chunk of stuff out of the attic, 
and uh, you own the house together. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sorry, man. That's tough. Yeah, no, that's tough. It's a big, uh, I love him. Yeah, he's, he's you idiot. Why'd you fuck that one up? <laughs> I'm joking. Nice. Vicky victim now has angry <laughs> Angie. Oh, what happened? That's yeah. funny. Angry Angie. Angry Angie. We did like three years of couples therapy. We. Oh, okay. No, it's hard. So it's hard. But you know, I think of it like cats, not like like the musical. You had a good run, you did a little revival, a little road gig, and then you know, and then it's, it it had its you know. Now, what about the house upstate? Uh, that he can, he keeps that. I keep my thing in the city, and then we divided the house. Okay, yeah. look, yeah. what thing in the city? I, I took the mirror. I have a I have an apartment in the city. Oh, you do? Yeah. You it's live in there? Hmm. You live there or no? No, no, no. I have tenants. Ah. I kept it from a long time. You know, everyone... Where, where is it? The meatpacking. Oh, my God. And how much you rent it for? Oh, my God. Crazy. It's crazy. It's awesome. It's like ridiculous. $5,000 a month? Crazy. There's a kid... Well, I, I can't talk about my tenants, but... <laughs> but it's like, you know... I just... I don't even... They don't even know I speak English. I just have a white lawyer show up. I go, <laughs> you talk to lawyer. I don't want to deal... Because I, I had to evict someone once. And oh, never why? again. Never again. Yeah, so, it's hard to evict someone, you right? Can't, especially in New York. New York and, is, yeah. But I understand why, because if you're—I mean, I'm not some big conglomerate. I'm, you know, but you could be abusive and just like people could be homeless. So you can squat for six months without paying rent. Without paying rent. But what if now? This is a situation in my building. This is um, tenants that the the landlord wants out mm-hmm. because they have a dog. It's stupid. Uh-huh. And then the landlord stopped taking their rent, uh-huh. oh. and then wants them out. So what about what? what could the lease you... agreement say something about no pets? Yeah, that, oh. that makes it a little better for the landlord. But yeah. they're nice, and the dog's nice, and I don't think they should be thrown out. Well, but they're in violation of the contract. Yeah, you can get a little more on that. So it's tricky. It's could tricky. a landlord just stop taking your rent? Yeah, it depends on the lease agreement, right? Like if the lease agreement actually says something about that. What if a landlord doesn't give you a lease and doesn't raise your rent and you're still paying? Well, That's kinda, me. Well, then you have to kind of go with like what was kind of agreed to between the two of you, which gets tricky because it's not in writing. It's nothing in writing, but, but you've, it been was, staying, you've been living there for how long? Six years. Oh. I The first year I had a lease and he and never... And you, he's cashing he never, your checks. And he's yeah. cashing my checks and my money orders, whatever. I just send the money orders. That can get complicated then too. Why? What, well, like, well, they can't just kick me out, could no, they? No, no, no. We went from politics... To kicking me out to real estate law, yeah, tenant law. I like having a lawyer because he knows, right? Yeah, it's a little hard in New York, but you're in good shape because New York, you're, you live in you live in New York, right? Well, New York, the, Brooklyn, the, the, yeah. te, the tenant tenant laws are pretty good. Are really good in New York. That's why DC too. Yeah, that's why as a landlord, I was like sweating bullets because it's like my tenant just stopped paying, and I'm like, oh no, you gotta pay. I was like, oh my god. If you don't pay, you have six months tops, and then you're done. That's a lot of time. By that's way, a lot of time. Yeah. Cause you I'm, gotta pay your mortgage and stuff. That's right. I was like sweating bullets. I mean, I don't you have to pay your mortgage for six months without. Because I have a small place in DC I'm renting out right now, and if they stop paying their rent for six months, I would that would hurt me a lot. I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, be careful who you let in. Yeah, I screen the crap out of those people. That's well, why people screen like to no end, and they. Well, I was I was in this like I'll be like Oprah, I'll just be love, and like that was not. I will never do that again. I'll just be like running business because you know. Oh, she got divorced. She has a kid. No, she has two kids and she has a dog. And she's gonna lie about all of that. Yeah. And then the neighbors are gonna complain. 
because she'll do, you know, through all kinds of things that happen. And I was like, oh, God. And I called her up and said, hey, you messed up the, live, the, the, the foyer. And she's like, well, I was drunk. How could I remember? I'm like, that is not the answer. That's hysterical. You should try that in court. Hey, did you murder this guy? I was drunk. I was I drunk. Remember. How am I supposed to know? Mr. Kavanaugh, did you molest this woman? I was drunk, okay? Oh, that's another thing. How did, how did he get? Oh, oh horrible. Oh, my God. Sorry, I was just trying to tell a joke. Well, let's do that one. Right. Ooh, okay, Snow. Snow. Let's, well, you know, let's... Let's uh, so how will people? Let's do a wrap up then. So how can people find you, Jody? Uh, Come to my Instagram. Follow me, Jody, Jody Wasserman. I'll have it. J o d i e w a s s e r m a n. Follow me on Instagram. Say hi. And you know. Anything coming up? Anything coming up? People should know. Yeah, shows. Jersey. Just go on my Instagram. Go on your Instagram. And Don't go to my website because I'm lazy and I never update it. <laughs> Well, everyone lives on Instagram now. No one really yeah. really looks at websites. It's weird. Okay. Yeah. Don't I? My website. I don't know why. I don't think I should take it down. Really. And butter. How do people find you? Um, so they can find me at my website, buttertareen.com, B-A-D-A-R-T-A-R-E-E-N, or just the same thing on Instagram or Facebook. Okay, I will have tags on this as well on cool. the on the uh, post. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so this is uh, from from the middle of a snowstorm in the Catskills. This is Rich Kiamka with Jody Wasserman and Bara Tarin. We are uh, signing out. This is WTY Podcast, WTYPOD.com. Check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Leave a review. Tell your friends. And again, thanks, you guys, for uh, tuning in. Can I say one more thing? Sure. And be kind. Aww. That's it. Just put down your hate. Takes a lot of energy. And just be kind. And if you don't want to be kind, just ignore the person. Yeah, I like that. Butter? Uh, I think you should be an asshole to everybody. <laughs> no, I'm nice. I think it's a sweet thing you said. Yeah. No, I think it's important. I think, and we, I think we all generate, and we also generate our experience. We generate our reality with what we, our actions and our thoughts. Yep. Agreed. So, well, thanks. I'm Rich Kamko. Thanks for tuning in. This is W2Y Podcast. Be there yet. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, watch your speed. It's a comedy journey.